And I got a note from Eric Sola. Eric has been a regular at the Shir for a, for a long time. And he says, I'm starting a new job today. At least for the next few weeks, I'll be unable to join the Matmonim in person. <coughs> Eventually, his hours will change and he'll be able to. Wanted to let you know that since the Chagim, my commitment to attend the Shir every day has had such a wonderful effect and has provided new dimensions to my connection to Hashem and to Yiddishkeit. And the same day, I got a note from uh, somebody I don't even know. just wanted to tell you, started listening to your Matmonim and the Daphne was transfer, and it has transformed my learning. My inspiration, my approach to life, Shabbat, Torah, business, and my enjoyment of the whole Dafyomi process, which has been challenging at times. It's nice. These are inspiring, encouraging messages to get from time to time. They're encouraging for me. I hope they're inspiring for you. Um, and I hope that everybody who listens also um, uh, introduces people they know who would be interested in this to it, that it's not just something we keep to ourselves. At the moment, we've got about between one and 200 people every day that, that, that listen. Um, but there are many, many more who would get a, a great deal out of it. So if you can bear in mind to expand the circle of people who would appreciate uh, and get something out of this learning. Today, one of the wonderful things on Daft Zayin and Madalif is the, the Gemara's uh, just, just bold questioning. The, it, it's so interesting. I talk so often about the fact how in secular education, children are taught to, to memorize the answers to the teacher's questions. And in Torah, we're taught to formulate original questions. It's in, it's in the question that Chidush exists. We're, that's our whole training, is to ask questions. And it's the only training that I can think of, maybe in philosophy, but um, and certainly in religions, the, it's all about knowing the answers. Who asks questions in any kind of religion? It's, uh, it's, it's against the religion to ask normally. And our whole Torah, the Gemara is just built on question after question after question after question. We don't even have, we always have answers. But we've always, we've always got questions. Um, and it's sad to me that in our Jewish education, even in Torah education, we're losing that. And we're starting to train people to give answers. Uh, and, and while it's important to know the answers to things, and, uh, but not at the expense of learning how to formulate a question, uh, how to understand, how to identify what needs to be explained further. And after the Mishnah telling us that the world is judged at four different times, Pesach for, for wheat and, and Shavuos for, tree, for fruit and Rosh Hashanah, everybody called by Eolam of Rim Lefanav Kivnei Maron, the famous piece that we say in in a Tanetoke, if every individual goes before Hashem, so there are four times when the world is judged. Ask the Gemara in that case, it's just such a beautiful question. Omar Rav Yosef, um, So why do we bother davening today for people who are ill or for a Talmud Chochem who's weak and needs some strength? Why do we even daven? If it's all decided and it's all judged, what's the davening about? Such an important question. Uh, and and when, where, where do we even ask the question? But it's such an obvious question. The Gemara goes on and comes to the conclusion like Rabbi Yitzchak, that it's, always, it's good to turn to Hashem in, in davening, in tefillah, before Hashem has decided the Gzardin and after the Gzardin. So what's the value of after Gzardin? I understand before Gzardin, but what is the value after Gzardin? What can our, what can our davening do? So there's quite a lot of discussion on, on different aspects of this. Uh, there's an important piece of run, and you remember the run is kind of towards the end of that wonderful period of, of Spanish Rishonim 
We've been learning about the, the, the Ramban and the Rashboim, Ra'oi's, Talmidim, um, and the Nimuki, and the um, Ritvor, their Talmid. And, and later on comes the Ran and the Nimuki Yosef, which is the end of that period of Rishonim in, in Spain. Um, and, and as the, the, they become later in time, they also become more accessible. It's quite interesting. The Ran is easier to read and to understand than the Rashbo. And the Nemuki Yosef is easier to understand than the Ran even. There's a, you see them bridging into modernity. And the, the Ran says that, that it appears, the Shloshad Varim Halalu Lichlal Haolam Nidon Begimu Prakim Ashnoyim Bemishnatenu. These three things are generally decided for, by, for the world in the times that the Mishnah specifies. It's all very well to say Hashem decides how much rain and how much money and how much uh, agriculture, how much fruit and how much wheat, but He doesn't decide how much you, so-and-so, are going to get of that. that that's on Rosh Hashanah. So He decides for the world, says the run. That for the world, he decides on Pesach, on Shavuos, and on Sukkot. He decides the, what the economy of the world will be like. Your share in the economy, that's Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. That's how the run balances this. The Tzuriyev and the Shagasari asks uh, a whole lot of questions on the run um, and on the, on the Mishnah altogether, on the Sugi altogether. The, the, the Shagasari, you remember, at the time of the Vilna Gaon, 18th century, the Vilna Gaon. Uh, thinks incredibly highly of him. He was, a, he was poor all his life, but unbelievable, uh, incisive mind and, and knowledge of Torah. It's said that he went through Shas a thousand times. Just he knew it all so clearly, and he learns with, with, with such clarity and explains with such clarity. The Chaim Velozhina was a Talmud of his, so it's all part of that, of that school. They tell the story, I don't know if it's uh, true or not, but they tell the story that the Vilna Gaon once invited him home for Shabbos, to a meet for a meal for Shabbos. And he said very apologetically, I have a rule that when I'm traveling alone, I don't go out for Shabbos because uh, usually the host's wife is at the table as well. And if I'm not traveling with my wife, I don't sit at a table where there are other women. He says to the Vilna Gaon. And the Vilna Gaon says, I'm very sorry, Shabbos is the only time I sit with my wife at the table. So that was an interesting kind of a conflict. Anyway, the Shai asks these questions, and he says, He's interested as to when is Rosh Hashanah, we know. There's one day Rosh Hashanah primarily. We know when the din is. But Pesach, when is Hashem judging? We need to know. Is it the first day, the last day, the middle days? When is it? And he goes and he, and he develops an, an idea with that. So it starts on the first day, ends on the last day, says the Shai the Oruch Lener has a different approach. The Oruch Lener, Yaakov Etlinger, we've talked about him before. He was uh, born and raised in Karlsruhe in Germany, so he's a real uh, Yekisha Talmud Chochem, who was the Rebbe later on of Rebbe Israel Hildesheimer and Rebbe Shimshon Raphael Hirsch. So that whole uh, intellectual kind of modern approach uh, of Rebbe Shimshon Raphael Hirsch and Israel Hildesheimer were rooted in, in the Oruch Lener. Oruch Lener, interestingly enough, when he was a, a child in Karlsruhe, learnt with the Rov of Karlsruhe. And the Rov of Karlsruhe happened to be the son of the Shagas Arya. So you see, when we curate this, these things, there's a, there's a, we're learning a school of thought. We're not just gathering from all over the place what everybody says. This is a school of thought. And the Oruch Lener brings the Shagas Arya and disagrees with him. 
And, and, and the Rani brings a little bit, and he says at the end of the day, when the Mishnah says the world is judged at these places, that's for all the world, uh, similar to what the Shagasariya says. But then he says, so why then are we told after that to bring the Omer and to, and to bring the Nesachim, these are all things that we have to do on, on Pesach and on Sukkot that, that are meant to enhance the din, but the din has already been made. What this is talking about is not how much rain will come, and it's not uh, like the run says how much you'll get of it, but whether this will be Gishme Brocha and when it will be Tuas Brocha or not. So it emerges, says the Ruchana, that we have one further category than the run. There's a third category. On the first day of Sukkot and Pesach and Shavuos, the whole world is judged. And for the rest of Yom Tov, we're busy improving the, um, the bracha that we'll get from that which has been judged. We'll talk about that in a moment. So first day of Pesach, the Tvu is judged, and then the rest of Pesach, we're working on the bracha, our ability to access that. And as the run says, with Rosh Hashanah, each individual is judged as to how much of it he gets. So there are two quantitative and one qualitative issues. There's a general quantitative. How much rain will the world get? How much wealth will the economy have in the world? Pesach, Shvu, Sukkot. The next is on Rosh Hashanah, what will I get? What will my portion of that be? That's what happens on Rosh Hashanah. But on the rest of, of Pesach and Sukkot and, and Shavuos as well, what, what am I doing? That's about the amount of brocha. And that's what I wanted to, to extract from this Orach Leneir is we spend a lot of time and thought and worry on the, quantities, on the quantitative side of life. And what we're learning is that on the quantitative side of life, we have little control. That's a Rosh Hashanah that's judged. Yeah, so depending on how we are, the Rosh Hashanah will judge humanity. But the quantitative side is, 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 is fairly decided. What we have enormous control of, and that's the din of Rabbi Yitzchak, because Rabbi, Rabbi Yitzchak says similar to Rabbi Yossi, Adam Nidon Bechol Yom. person is judged every day. Rabbi Nathan Omer, Adam Nidon Bechol Sha'ah. Rabbi Nathan says a person is judged in every moment of every day. How can that be when we're told these are the times of judgment? What is the every moment and the every hour and the every day? What does all that mean? That's to do with the, with the qualitative side. Um, I have a friend who's the, uh, the CEO of one of the most amazing and innovative uh, healthcare insurance companies in the world. Um, so he has, sits on data, which is just the most amazing uh, amazing data. Adrian Gore is based in South Africa, wonderful, wonderful human being. And Adrian told me that it's almost impossible to extend your life. That's genetics. All the exercising and all the dieting is about the quality of your life. Uh, the data shows that you don't have a lot of control over, over how long you live. That the Rebunishan decides. The, um, we put so much effort into trying to get more. More money, more life, more... The, that's not where the effort should go. That's where the Rebunishan decides. What we can control is the quality. What kind of life it is. And it's not just with life, it's even in business. We often talk to, to, to business people. We talk about sales. What were your sales this year? What about what were the quality of your sales this year? 
What happens if a business didn't do so many sales? The revenue wasn't so great. But the quality of those sales were good. In those sales, there were relationships that were built that are going to, des that are going to determine the future growth of the entire company. That particular year, you only sold to two or three important customers. It was a small, small revenue year. But wow, those two or three customers you're going to grow with and develop with, and that's the whole future of your business. It's the quality of sales, and we don't reward people for quality. We don't measure quality. Can't measure quality. So, so people just focus on quantity. How much? How much? How much? And the whole 2008 collapse was because um, financial service salespeople were rewarded for quantity. How much did you sell? How many loans did you sell? Uh, quality of the loans, that didn't matter. And eventually somebody else would manage with the, the bad quality. And what happened? The whole system collapsed. Because we don't focus on quality. All we focus is on quantity. I had a client who's a CEO of an amazing startup that's doing so incredibly well, and he was going through depression because he felt that his last round of financing, uh, where his company was valued at half a billion dollars, and it's a new company, he felt that he didn't do justice. It should have been more. And, and he, just, he, was, he felt he didn't do his job as CEO. He didn't do a good selling job. And, and, and he was really he was depressed. It was affecting everything. Until I explained to him, your job is not to, to raise funds. You're not, you're not a schnorrer. You're not a fundraiser. You're a CEO. You're a founder. You're building a company. That how much your company is worth is the outcome. What you should measure yourself on is the quality of the company you're building. The quality of the culture, the quality of the people, the quality of the product, the quality of the contribution to the world. Leave the, leave the valuation to the market will take care of itself. That's not where you measure yourself. You're not a worse person or a worse CEO because the valuation was lower. You're building it's quality. Look at the quality of what you're doing. We spend our lives and we train our children and we train ourselves to focus on quantity, quantity, quantity. How many blood have you learned? How many duff have you learned? How many simonim and shukonorach have you learned? It's that quantity, 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 quantity. The Orifaner teaches us quantity Hashem organizes. You're not going to beat the system. You, you've got, that doesn't mean that quantity isn't important. Of course, you've got to have quantity, but your focus. Your growth, your development has got to be on the quality of what you do, the quality of each day. I don't know how many hours have you got in a day. We've all got the same number of hours in the day. What's the difference in our days? The quality of the day. What kind of a day was it? And when you say to your wife or she says to you, how was your day? What she's asking or what you're asking is quality, not how many hours did you work. How was your day? What, what was the quality of the day like? What was your feeling like? How was your growth today? How was your development today as a human being? What difference did you make to other people in the world today? Did you bring some happiness and joy into the world? Did you inspire and uplift people? That we can control. We stand and we dive and we dive and we dive for the things we can't control. But the things we can control, we spend no effort on. And the same it is with our business. How much business we're going to do at the end of the year, that was already decided Rosh Hashanah time. Nothing you can do about it. You, if you're lazy, you won't even get what, what was decided. But assuming you work normally, you'll get to what was decided. But you won't increase that. And all the work and the work and the work and the work to try and increase, you can't increase that. Where should the work be going? Quality of relationships. The Kiddush Hashem I'm doing in my business. The way I'm affecting people. That's where all the effort should go. And that's where, and that's where we don't do it. So yes, says the Aruch there's a time that the world economy is decided. And that's Pesach Shvur Sukkot. There's a time where how much of the world economy each of us are going to get. That's Rosh Hashanah, and then that's fixed. We can't change that. But Yofet, Sa'akab, and Kodim Gzadin, Lacha Gzadin, always good to Davin. That's because we can affect the Brocha. 
the idea we've often talked about, with Phyllis Geshem I mentioned it in Shul, if I remember correctly, that it's not just about how much rain falls, it's about the quality of the rain. That the rain falls at the right time, at the right places, and the quality of the water that we get. All of that we don't, we don't think about. Oh, how much rain? How much water? Is the canary full? Is the canary not full? We worry about how much. What's the quality? If the quality is right, we can do well on much less. If the quality is bad, it doesn't matter how much it is. It just makes it worse. And, uh, and, and our, our effort, we need to take upon ourselves to put much more in emphasis. Again, I'm not saying quantity isn't important. Of course, we've got to do all the things. That the quantity is the structure. It's the clea. Without the clea, you've got to learn Gemara. You've got to cover the dapim. You've got to cover the simanim in Shulchan Aruch. Otherwise, there's no clea. There's nothing to hold it. But that's not the essence. That's just a clea. What's important is what are you putting into the clea? Because that's completely in our own control.